intro. I am. It's your episode. You can't do it. No, I know it's mine. Okay. Why don't you do it? I'd love to. Okay, we're recording. Right now? Yeah. So I should start now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about trying to find Graham three minutes before our podcast begins. He was wandering in the hallway. I went to get water. Was it a bubbly water? No, they don't. We're not that fancy. I apologize for that. (laughs) My name is Thomas Magby. I am joined, as always, by Mr. AJ Hannenberg. Hello. And Mr. Graham Donaldson. Hello. And when I asked AJ three seconds before this started what we were talking about, he said, I think it's a book by, I don't know, Plato, Aristotle. <laughs> so I'm feeling really good about today's episode. No, I missed twice. I said Plato and Socrates before Aristotle. And then got to Aristotle. Aristotle. Thank you for, for We that should one probably day. let him know this is a live studio audience. Oh, to, to mm-hmm. future listeners, uh, you're hearing this through the magic of podcasts, but this is a live recording for Paideia at Veritas. You want to cheer? <laughs> uh, do you all want to say anything about Paideia? What's Paideia? <laughs> Uh, it's wait, the word or the no, like or the conference? Thing, the Veritas thing. Uh, we have a conference at the beginning of every year for new parents, other pa- like normal parents. I don't say old <laughs> parents. <laughs> Those are the two parents categories. and new, new parents. Okay, good. And then uh, we start our year, I guess. Is there anything more to it than that? Know, you tell Sometimes me other schools come. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's about it. Cool. Uh, That's what's happening right now. Yep. So we're doing a session during that. Great People who listen like like us would know that we did this last year. That is true. We last year was on Children's Lit. Last year I don't I don't. We were in the auditorium last year. We got so ch- did we do a bad job last year? Is that my takeaway right now? Year. Who's in the auditorium right now? Who who, who won? Ooh, that's a great question. Okay. I don't know. I don't okay. know. They, they chose well. Whoever they put up there instead yep. of us. So okay. So. Uh, today I'm running the episode and I thought about doing something as awesome as Thomas usually does for these live episodes and I didn't succeed. Um, so I was going to, we, we talk about a lot about the tripartite soul and I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's a soul in three parts. You got the appetites, you got the spirit, you got the intellect. Plato was big on this. We've been big on this, but I thought surely there must've been developments since Plato. Like there must be something more. So I decided to read up on it a little bit and I came across Aristotle's De Anima, which means on the soul. It is hard to read uh, and hard to understand. And I was like, we'll do the whole thing in one 40-minute session at Paideia. And that was way overshooting the mark. So instead, we're doing book one. <laughs> so instead of a self-contained episode, we're doing part one. You started of, a three-part series today. Oh, no, it's like, I think it's like a five-part series. So, yes. Incredible. And this is my plan. We're going to hook new listeners okay, this good. way. Wonderful. Um, you also good. noticed we didn't advertise what we were doing for this episode. So yes. everyone here is like, day animal. Awesome. <laughs> Sign me up yeah, for that. Great. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so... It's, yeah, it's about the soul. It means on the soul. Um, and the hardest part, I think, of it for me to, to sort of understand was that it's, you're sort of jumping into a debate that's already raging with a whole bunch of guys way back in the old days, and they all have terms for things that we don't really have anymore. For example, if, if evolution had gone away, and then you were reading a book and it talks about the missing link, you're like, I have no idea what that is. So that's happening constantly in this book, and I'm sort of... So if you're expecting PhD-level exegesis, that's not really what we do as a podcast. <laughs> we are generalists and amateurs, and we are trying to exemplify what it means to engage with the academic tradition in a lively way. I love right? how you sell this podcast so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not what you're going to get. Almost every single one of our negative reviews on iTunes is like, these guys aren't smart enough. And we're like, we you're didn't right. claim to yeah, be. We're not smart. It's right. Um, okay. So the principles that, that I've, I'm kind of gathering about this conversation are a few. Number one, the soul is the thing that conveys motion to the body. And the weird thing is, I think this is almost like, <laughs> great, the, they can't hear you no, do I was going to say, Graham is dancing, I guess. I moved I my arms. So, they, 
So I think it's almost a version of the, what is it, the second log of, of thermodynamics? So something in, in motion tends to stay in motion, something at rest tends to stay at rest. Well, they notice that bodies move around and they're like, something's doing that, it's gotta be the soul. So that's how they put it together. It must be the soul that is moving the body. Um, thing number two is that the soul is also the thing that perceives. You guys see stuff, you understand stuff, you think. So the soul is giving motion to the body, it's perceiving, and I think we'll get to this third rule about the soul. It's the most non-bodied body, which is the weirdest way of saying the thing that's moving the soul is really tiny particles. <laughs> we'll get to it. That's, that's in the next section. Um, I just they like, also I like, talk year, about last how... Last year we did an episode on children's literature, and now we're going straight up metaphysics this year. I just I love this. I love this way. Non-bodies bodies. Non-bodies yeah. body, yeah. Uh, you take the like, surface level yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'll take You're the going deep. Stuff. I appreciate that. Um, and they also think like perceives like. So to, if I wanted to understand a cat, the best way to do that is to be a cat. It's true. Right? Yes. And then fire can perceive fire. So I can only understand something if I have something of the same kind in me. So like perceives like. And then the last thing is they have some sort of theory of atoms. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but they seem to understand that there are really tiny things out there okay. and that it makes up stuff. I don't think they fully understand how tiny atoms really are. And we'll get to... <laughs> how funny that ends up in a little bit. So just so you know, there's a reason we have left most of this science behind. Yeah. It's not good science. So if you always go to Aristotle thinking you are going to be enlightened and you're gonna really learn something that's gonna improve your life, this may not be the right episode. But it'll be entertaining, I promise. And so what I'm gonna do is the first thing I'm gonna do is ask our gentleman here, uh -oh. can you tell me what the soul is? What is it? It's the most non-body body. It's a non-body body. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. It's that which perceives... Aristotle says you're wrong. So oh. first off, you've missed. It's but what, what is it? Do you guys have any notion of what the soul is? What is it? Is like it just... the immaterial part of a person, right? Okay, so it's immaterial. It's yeah. not material. What do you say it is? D -d -d Tiny little atoms. Okay. <laughs> any, anybody out here in the audience think it is just the working of a human brain? Like it is a physical thing. It's something that comes out of the working of the electrons in your squishy stuff. Sure. I'll go with that one. Yeah? Sure, why not? Lecture, There's like, got to be some monist Christians out there, yes, who think that, like, you are a body. Yeah. Ah, there we go. There's one. <laughs> um, you're not weird, sir. You, you know, that's fine. You made a good choice. Incredible. I don't think that that's, that's super out there on theology, right? Christ, God says we will be eventually be resurrected in bodily form. And so there are groups of us that believe that, like, you, you are a body. That is part of your soul. Um, there are those who believe that it is not physical, and then there is of those like Graham who believe it's made up of small particles. And that's the majority of the people that Aristotle is coming up against. He talks about most, mostly what we call substantialist arguments for the soul, right? These guys believe- It's a substance. It's it was a thing. It was yeah. a thing in you that could like be collected in a dish, kind of. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give the theories of soul that Aristotle talks about, because the first part of this book is an overview of all the arguments that have gone before. Aristotle's like, here's what everybody thinks the soul is. They're all idiots. Here's what I think it is. So I'm just gonna talk about the idiot part. Um, so I'm gonna give these guys the theory of the soul, and I'm gonna ask them, like Aristotle, to disprove oh that theory. Great. You guys ready for this? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I can also see your notes, so I'm gonna win. <laughs> Why am I so far away from you <laughs> two? Hold on. Let me move it so you can't see Aww. it. Oh, uh, thanks. Is this quiz show? Are you going to give us points? Oh, absolutely. Where's yeah, the, yeah, okay. we we the bell? I'm going to destroy I don't have you. the bell. Oh. Does someone want to run up to a classroom and grab the bell? Anybody? Say no. Yeah, okay. Scintillating, so. scintillating live podcast. Okay. So. I'm nervous all of a sudden. This is, this is the first set of theories that the soul is made up of one element. And for them, there's only a few. Luckily, they don't have the periodic table. They've got like four. 
earth, air, fire, water, right? That's, that's kind of what they got. Love so that the band. soul must... Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The soul must be one of those four things. Uh, Stop. No. Do we have a copyright to that? Hold on. We're going to... No, uh, listen. Cut seconds. down on the coffee, please. Yeah. We go live and you're unruly. I don't <laughs> like that's what all Okay. So the soul can perceive stuff because it's made of the same stuff that everything else is made of, right? So they mm. think there's one base element in the world and the soul can see everything in the world because we're made out of the same stuff. Uh, the first theory is that soul is fire or I kid you not, hot stuff. It must be some fire or some form of hot thing. And, I, and there are good reasons for this. When you die, uh-huh. you go cold. If, yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, okay, when you are living, you are warm. Uh-huh. So there's some sort of hot stuff in there. Okay. Right? That makes sense. And also, fire is always in motion. Yeah. Fire be moving. So that is easy to convey motion to the soul. So we got that. Fire's moving. We go cold. Uh, and it's small and non-bodied, meaning that it's really tiny particles. <laughs> that's what they think. The atoms of fire are really, really small. Um, so for that reason, it can easily get in you and move you around. Okay, let me, I'll just do all the, all the theories of the one element and then you guys can refute. Number two, the soul is air because air is obviously the element that makes everything else. And also it, like fire, is real tiny. And we know this because sometimes if you are in a room and it's all dark around, but there's one ray of light, you can see things floating in the air. This is clearly motes and they are <laughs> tiny and spherical. And this is like the basic element that because they are shaped like a sphere that can wiggle through all your other anim- atoms uh-huh. and get inside you. Uh-huh. And even when it's like calm in the room, you look at the light beam and you can see these motes floating around. So clearly they're in motion all the time. Mm, great point. So they can all get inside you, move you around. So clearly the soul is air. Are you guys with me so far? So with you. Air makes everything. Therefore, because we are made of air, we can see everything else because it's made of air too. Uh-huh. And because air is small, can get inside you and move around, it can move you around. So we've got perception and motion. So wait, so these are, it could be fire or air, or it's both of these things? So these are different, like, it's all kind of under the soul must be one element. Gotcha. But we've got the fire groupies who think that it's because you're warm and fire moves around, or the air groupies who think air was the first element and everything else is made of air. Also, really small, moves Mm a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to read you a little bit of their reasoning here just to show why we have left this behind. For this reason, too, they say that respiration is the mark of life. For the surrounding atmosphere compresses bodies and squeezes out of them those of of the atoms that produce movement for animals by never being at rest themselves. And then in breathing, assistance comes from without through the entry into the body of other atoms of the same kind. So the atmosphere squeezes the air out of you, and then you get it back in by... Breathing in, and then you die the moment you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so you stop breathing, you die. It makes sense to me. Okay, the last one is that the, the soul is water because obviously you drain all the water out of your body, you dead. It's in the blood, baby. Okay, no one actually contends that it's earth except funnily Christians. <laughs> but no one in the ancient Greek world was like, you know what, God made us out of earth, that's what we are. Everyone seems to think it's air, fire, or water. Okay, gentlemen, can you refute that we are made of one element. Can you just, I don't, I don't have a bell. Didn't you just give me three answers oh. to it being one element? Yeah, I gave you three possibilities. If Aristotle says it's none of those, can you tell me why? Why I'm is it not one of those? If it's convincing that it's any of the three, then, it, then it's not clear that it's just one of them. Like, if you're telling me that it, the, the soul is one element and those three things all answer the question of what type of element it is, 
Like, you have not cleared up for me the soul is one thing of what? Sure, sure. But those guys aren't all pro- proposing that it's one of the three. Each, each person in a different camp says it's just this one thing. And They're Aristotle the addresses them all at once and says, you're all wrong for a reason. Okay, I got, it, I got an idea. You got to ring the bell. Okay. Okay, I thought I'd get to ring the bell when I'm right. And I no. get a point. Oh, That's okay. not how quiz shows ever work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ding, it's ding, not ding. like Wheel of Fortune where you answer and then hit the bell gotcha, okay. and enjoy. Yeah. Um, so you earlier said that perception, like needs to, like can understand like. Yes. So if my soul is just 100% fire and it is the place of perception, how can I perceive air or water? Because everything else started as fire. Is that true? That's no. what they said. Oh. Fire is the most basic element, they would say. Can well, I then why, a, can if I it's one point? of the others, why can't I perceive... Like, don't you still have the same problem? Like, I if it's one of the later elements, why can I perceive anything? Kinda. Okay. You are, you're actually hitting on a future problem that he, he disproves a different theory it's with. It's Graham's. That's know, not a point, though. It should be Graham's point. If it is a point, it should be If it is a point, it's Graham's. So he gets brownie points, but no actual points, and you still have zero. I still uh, have... I, I have no brownies. Um, okay, we don't have a ton of time, so I'm just going to give you the answer. He says, look... If it's a substance and it has to move you around, clearly it has a location in space, right? Sure. And it would have the kind of motion that it gives to the body. And since we move around by locomotion, right, we move around, clearly the soul has locomotion. But that's dumb. Because then it could move out of the body and then come back, and it would bring animals back to life. So it's clearly stupid. <laughs> that was my next guess. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how that's he just so crazy. that one. He's yeah. like, look, if that was true, the soul could, as fire, be like, bloop, and come out of the animal, and the animal would flop dead, yeah. and then it would go, bloop, and animal back alive. Uh-huh. And clearly that's stupid, so obviously this is not the right theory. It's a great right? point. Your tiny particles hogwash. You guys with me so far? Okay. No. <laughs> I, I hope you're enjoying this. Because, like, we, we read Plato's theory of the soul, and we're like, awesome, like, useful for students, yep. all this stuff. And then these other guys, like, there were, not, there were a lot of not great theories out there, yeah. and... Plato never really says exactly what the soul is. He says kind of the three parts, but he's never like, guys, it's water. So we, we got to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> Theory number two, it's not just one element. It is a mixture of elements, right? So it's not just air or just water. It can be a group. That's all I'm giving you, so now you have to disprove it. <laughs> Isn't it the same one as before? Like um, fire and water can leave, and then you don't put it back in the animal. Yeah, out. I think that would still apply, yeah. but he he gives extras too. <laughs> <laughs> he gives it. extras too. Go for it. Uh, so, I think this is where your answer came in because he doesn't because you don't just perceive one thing, you perceive also quality and quantity. Right? We're not just perceiving elements. Right? It's true. I look out there and I see people made of all the elements combined. But I also see that there are many of you, and I also see that many, some of you are better than others of you. Yay! So, <laughs> so I am perceiving both quantity and quality, which would also have to be in the soul. So how does that work, right? So if I'm, and beyond that, I also perceive the forms of everything. So I can see that some forms are more fit than other forms. And so each of those would have to also be in the soul somewhere. Uh So in my soul, not only do I have all the elements, but to see a bone, I've got to have a bone somewhere in there. That's dumb. And to see a rock, I've got to have a rock in there. So I'm infinite. That's weird. And so I have to have all the things inside of me. Well, then all the things are inside of me. Wouldn't God, like, and the only way I can perceive them is by having them inside of me. That means that God isn't smart because he doesn't have strife or evil. So he's dumber than me because he can't perceive them. So that's weird, right? So he kind of points out the inconsistency. To perceive all that stuff, you have to have all the stuff, and that's a silly thing to think of a person. Now, AJ, do you get the sense that he's being 
charitable to the the ideas come form, or is this just one big giant red herring or a straw man argument where he's like, here's all the dummies. I kind of feel like it's a little, a mixture of both. I feel like his arguments are probably compelling, but I think he's also setting up those guys to be doofuses. And there's a couple times where he'll, he'll make puns based off their ideas. He's like (laughs) the harmony theory. We'll have to harmonize that with the facts. (laughs) And the great thing is it actually translates from Greek. The pun still works. Um, So, so yeah, it doesn't quite work. He also says if we're made of a, a group of elements altogether, there has to be some sort of organizing principle to those. And isn't that what we're really after? Yeah. Right? Wouldn't that be more basic than the soul if the soul is elements mixed together? So that quite, like if we're shooting for the most basic thing, then what we're getting is something right below it or near it and not the actual thing itself. Um, okay, I think that's probably good enough. How are we doing on time? When does this end? Mm-hmm. 3.20, right? Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. <laughs> Now we get to the weird stuff. <laughs> you guys thought, yeah, you thought we the were there part? already. Yeah. We're getting to the weird stuff now. Um, I kid you not, the next theory of the soul is that it is a circle made of numbers Uh-oh. and forms. I'm going to read you the section, and this comes from, I think, Plato's Timaeus. I'm going to read you the section and see if you can make sense of it, because I, I did my darndest, but I just can't put it together. I think maybe he's like, this is one of those ones where you, I think he's assuming you've read it, but I haven't read it. And just, here we go. For according to this view, God made the soul out of the elements and then divided it according to the harmonic numbers so that it may have a perception that is of the same nature with harmony and that the universe be moved in harmonious motions. And then, I'm kind of with him, and then bent the straight line into a circle. He then took from the single circle two circles that touched at two points and again divided into one of them into seven circles <laughs> on the grounds that the travels of the heaven were the same as the motions of the soul. Yeah. You guys tracking? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> so he made it so we'd be in harmony with the heavens and then bent that into a line and made it into a circle, made it into two circles, and then made one of them into seven. I'm just not tracking. Yeah. But somehow Plato arrived at the idea that obviously the soul is a circle. And so Aristotle has to disprove that. Can you guys disprove that the soul is a circle? No. <laughs> made, of numbers. made of numbers. Made of numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got you're, me. You're the math guy, Magby. This sounds perfect yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Yeah, uh, we're going to put it on you, we're, man. We're made of math entirely. I don't even, I, I have not understood the argument enough to refute it. Like, I have nothing. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I wish that was Aristotle's answer. Yeah, He's like, this guy's just confusing. Crazy. I don't get it. This is a crazy person. What what answer does he give? He gives three answers. Answer number one, if the soul is a circle, how come all of our arguments have an endpoint? That's so dumb. Right? That's so dumb. That's a straight line, baby. We start from evidence, go to conclusion. Look straight to me. Checkmate, Plato. Did you make this book up? Is this real? This is actually Aristotle's day. I'm I'm not kidding. And this this isn't even the weirdest. I mean, this might be the weirdest one. Maybe it's a little bit past the other one. Okay. The other one is, if the mind is a circle... Wouldn't it be impossible to think of everything once? Wouldn't we be thinking of any, everything like again and again and again as we rotate in a circle? It's a great point. It's a great point. And if it's a circle, wouldn't we think of the same things an infinite number of times? Mm-hmm. I'm true. surprised you didn't bring up sleep because at some point mm-hmm. you got to sleep and then the circle breaks. I don't know. But Aristotle said clearly our mind is not a circle. Um, I just know we are going to get emails about this because mm-hmm. I have not thoroughly understand what they're, what they're talking about. But, okay. Um, all right, we've only got two more. 
And we've got 15 minutes. I think we can do it. So the next one is the soul is a harmony made up of the ratio of elements. So it's the way that you, Mr. Hagedorn, are put together uniquely that makes your soul. It's not the elements themselves. It's the ratio. It's your specific composition. And Graham, you have a soul. I do. Because of your specific composition. I've got a soul, mm -hmm. a little bit different, because of the way I'm made up. A little more muscle. And then you've got... <laughs> just an inferior soul over here. Yeah, and then you've yeah, got soul. Yeah, just a worse. Because yeah. of how you made up, yeah, which yeah. is normal plus classes. Okay, so you. we've yeah, got yeah. a bunch of people with souls, yeah. all made up of the ratio of their person. So can you guys prove to me that, that is not the, that's not the soul? The ratio of how we're made up. We all that would probably be close to people that think that we are a mind, right? That are, it's monism, right? We're made up of brain. That's maybe the closest one we've, we've got to a modern theory. Maybe because we change over time? Bodies can change? Or your, your makeups can change? You lose an arm? You can ring the bell now. That's a point. Hey! Um, so one of them is that, look, bodies are made up of all kinds of ways, yeah. right? Are you telling me that a person that doesn't have an arm doesn't have that part of his soul? Like, what the, you jerk? Um, okay, there's a few more others. You got that was the one I was going to say that, so I'm not very helpful. Okay, well, he goes on to say which part exactly is the soul? The bones? They're composed one way. The eyes are composed a different way. If I lose my bones, do I not have a chunk of my soul anymore? Right? That's not cool. And he also points out what exactly is destroyed when the soul leaves the body? A dead Hegadorn is in the same mixture as a live Hegadorn. A dead Graham is in the same mixture as a live Graham. That's true. Uh, as long as he died, you know, in not a crazy way. Um, <laughs> So what, what dies? And we also have both plants and animals that, oh, I think that's part of the next one. Okay, so that's the, it's not a ratio, right? Because you can lose a piece and you still got your soul. Clearly hogwash. All right, we, we are on the last one. We're at 3.30? 3.20. Well, I've been hurrying. Oh. You got that's what it says. 3.30? Well, there you go. You got it's not like there's anything after this. Is this the end of the day? That's true. Maybe we can do like a Q&A or something. Okay. We don't often have well, that. Well, can you explain we'll that just... line circle number one <laughs> again? Back to that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to spend 25 minutes on that. We'll just spin our wheels for another 10 minutes, which is not out of the ordinary. No. Okay. Our last one, and this one is maybe my most favorite, thanks to Pythagoras. Do you guys know Pythagoras, the guy who came up with the theorem, was basically the leader of a math cult? Mm -hmm. You guys know this? So he, he had his own little compound full of mathematicians and they were discovering all this really cool stuff about the universe and they're like, very clearly, this is the mind of God. Like, this is the stuff that makes the universe. I don't know that they're that wrong. Like, a lot of math doesn't really exist in the real world. So they are recognizing these cool things and they kind of built a cult around it. So this one is thanks to Pythagoras. So this one says, the soul is a number that moves itself. So numbers are the most basic things, and the world comes from numbers, right? If the deeper you look, the more you hit math, right? And I think that might even bear out in today's, um, what do you call it, subatomic physics? Quantum like physics. Quantum, there you go. In quantum physics, a lot of that is math, right? A lot of those guys are like, does it fit the equations or not? That's the question. And so I don't know that Pythagoras is that wrong here, but he says, because we come from numbers, the soul must be a number. And because it has to convey motion, it must be a number that does this, moves so, around. So is it one particular number? Like, which number is it? <laughs> That's a great question. I want to know. Yeah, it's, just, it's like a big old zero, isn't it? We're back to the circles again. That's what I'm worried yeah, about. I don't, yeah, I don't... They're not that different, actually. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. And what was the cult part? Do I have to, like, take out a loan and give them my money uh -huh. and I get, it, like, uh -huh. get into the compound? And... I love how you go directly to finance. Yeah. <laughs> like, your concern, your concern with joining a cult is not, like, wearing funny clothes. No. 
or having no. to sacrifice anything except your cash. Yeah. No, I mean uh, that, those are sec- <laughs> second order things. Is like, what's what color robe can I get? And like sandals, no sandals. Is it slimming? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Thoughts on this one? I don't. Again, it's, it's like similar to the round circle one. I don't. I'm not quite sure. I understand enough to refute it. Like, what's the number that moves itself? I, I, you, I am at a loss. Okay. Mm. I don't know. They don't explain it. It doesn't explain it well in the book. I'm not like glossing over a good explanation. There just isn't a good explanation. Um, this is why I'm saying I was kind of coming in on a conversation that was already happening. Yeah. Okay. Pi. Huh? Pi. Pi. There you go. There's a number that circle, moves itself. Circle number. Does it move yourself into your tummy? <laughs> pie <laughs> joke. No, pie pie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Aristotle asks, how precisely does a number move? which is a great question. He's like, if our soul is a unit, <laughs> where's it going? And if it's going someplace, it must be like a point in space. It must have spatial location. And if it's located somewhere in your body, how is it located at the same place that your body is? Yeah, sure. And so there's two points at once. Are we packing the whole soul into like an infinite one spot? Is that the deal? And if it's moving with the body, like, isn't it? Like he, he kind of points out that to even have a soul that is a number that moves itself, it has to have physical location. And then we're back to the substantialist arguments that argue, the guys that argued it was an element. It's almost the same thing. So is that kind of like his big deal in book one is sort of looking at all the substantialist arguments and then he's going to make something that is like unsubstantial? Or- yes. So his big... Th- push here is to show that all the soul must be a thing that we can put in a petri dish doesn't really work and that the soul must be something of another quality it's got to be something non-substantial and so stay tuned for future podcast episodes where i will tell you what that is um i got to give you one more refutation of the number theory and it's pretty good he says look there's some animals worms centipedes and some plants many plants actually that we can divide and they seem to just keep on trucking full sold Right? If you cut a worm in half, it's not like worm with half a soul, worm with half a soul. So that's not what numbers do. <laughs> Explain that, Pythagoras. Right? Like, I cut this worm in half. Ha ha ha. Um, so that's his last thing, is we can cut these things in half. They still seem to be fine and still have souls. And so we're okay. It's not just divide by two and then number? That's what I was thinking. So the soul is an even number. You guys bring heard. up great yeah. points, Thanks. and I don't know how to refute them. Yeah. That if it's the number is two, then it could still be a yeah. number one. We're just angling for that math call. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that is the last of it, and I thought we were making good time. I was kind of hustling. You made great time. Do we want to do a Q&A? Sure. Probably not about any of this stuff, because it's hard <laughs> to explain. Uh, but a Q&A about other stuff would be awesome. Do you guys have any last comments? What do you think the soul actually is? After talking about this, did it sort of spring any insights into your mind about what, what we are as humans? Or are you just still like... <laughs> yeah, let me just casually answer that one. <laughs> uh, let me answer the meaning of life while I'm at it, just for kicks and giggles. Um, yeah, the soul is something immaterial, I think is what we're getting to eventually. I'm curious how Aristotle will kind of put bounds on that as to like where that soul is located or like what... It's part of the thing you raised before of like, you have a person who's alive, then they die. So like physically, they're basically the same, but something has happened between those two moments. Like what is that thing that has left the body? So yeah, curious to get into how he answers those questions. I guess this, this was book one that we made it through. Yep. And then out of how many books? You say three books? I don't know, like five. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. So then he'll get to his answer. Mm-hmm. Have you read through his answer at all? No, yeah, he'll he get to through? his answer and then he'll belabor it, I think is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So there is subtle. But he's <laughs> also got the idea that, that there are sort of tiers of souls. Like rocks have a rock 
material soul, yeah. and plants have a plant soul, and animals have a higher order soul, and humans have the highest order soul. Um, so I, I know he makes that argument that there are sort of gradations to it, because he makes it in, in, um, in politics, which our seniors study. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether, why I wonder, I don't know why he seems to be getting so hung up on this material, immaterial problem to start with. Well, I mean, I, I ask this question because for me it matters. Uh, I'm still asking that question. Do we have something immaterial or is it simply that our brain works a certain way and it will work that way until it doesn't work anymore? And so what we are is essentially a machine that works, right? We put in energy, energy gets used, we do the thing, and then when that goes away, it's gone. And then when God resurrects us at the end of the age, like what he's doing is putting the machine back together. But There's you don't not want, an immaterial thing. But you don't want to say that if something malfunctions in the brain that the soul is gone. Right. That's the concern. But that but that's why this matters to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know I don't know right. what the soul is. You know what I mean? So this is, this is still a question that I'm sort of wrestling with. And it's something that I have to teach our students, right? I talk about the tripartite soul because I think it's a, a good functional way to explain a, to a student how to organize his life, mm-hmm. right? Appetites at the bottom, spirit keeps him in check, intellect at the top. That's the way the machine should run. But that doesn't tell me what the machine is. Mm-hmm. And I still would love to know that for when a kid ine- inevitably asks the question. So do you think it's material or material? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm reading the book. Cool. Yeah. Questions? <laughs> yeah. Of course, about the, the Pythagoras idea. Was he, was he talking about... Hagedorn wants in. He wants in on the cult. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he was talking about something like the, the Fibonacci sequence, like how encoded and even plants you can find these numerical values and so forth? Was he along that lines, or, or is it a completely different argument? So that would have been the kind of thing that they were discovering, that they were sort of like, oh my gosh, this is the coded framework of the universe, right? That, that's what math is, and I think that's what made him think, soul must be something like that. But because it can, has to convey motion, we'll just say it's a number that moves around. Oh, okay, so that's sort yeah. of what formed the foundation for validity of this idea. Yeah. But I, th- I still think, I wonder if that like dividing animals is still a pretty good proof that that's not quite the thing. Yeah. And asking like, if it's a number that moves around, it has to have spatial location. So you're, you're yeah. just sort of leaking into other arguments there. Was that a question in the back? Um, I'll ask a question. So the, um, the soul is a circle, <laughs> and the second circle is divided into seven. Could you read that part again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, to, to elaborate a little more on what I understand, what he was, the, what he was trying to aim at is that the piece, uh, there's a piece of us that is motion and perception, and it's connected to what he would call the world soul. So the movement in us reflects the movement of the sun, moon, and stars, right? And so there's the circles that are like the spheres, and then there's our little piece of that circle, right? But Aristotle says that's, I didn't go too far into it, but Aristotle says that's ridiculous because... The stars convey motion to the body, which conveys motion to the soul, like it's riding in you, and then it conveys motion back to the body? Like that doesn't, that's kind of weird. And it, so he's, he points out that there's like a weird hierarchy of motion in the whole circle idea. Does that kind of elucidate? I can still read it again. No, I was, I was thinking the seven circles that had to reflect on the planets. Yeah. So he was basically trying to say what is mind in you is connected to the overall logos of the world, the, the world mind, right? The world soul. Aristotle does address that, but I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to get that into the weeds in the podcast. But then there's got to be some like Christian scholars of the Middle Ages that read that and were like, oh my this goodness, he's right. This yeah. is like, you know, that there's some kind of 
Connection. Talking about like the you know the the shared like the divinity or like the the spark of God as a soul kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm not sure that's an idea that's ever disappeared, sure. right? We still think that our little spark of divinity is a, a like was God's breath, right? Sure, Something sure. came exactly. from God to ensoul us, and it was the same in the Mesopotamians. They believed that there was a rebel God. They cut him up and they stuffed him in some mud, and that's what made all the people, and that's why we're so rebellious. They just chose the God they didn't like, and then made him into people. Um, so there is sort of an extended theory that we have a little piece of divinity in us. And so I don't, I don't think that ever really disappeared, even probably with Plato gotcha. and Aristotle. I can feel that one. Descartes, Descartes much more of a uh, materialist. He says the soul is located in a gland in the back of your head. And he says that there's, a, um, that there's this tiny little gland, and that's where the soul is, and that's where, and then he ends. He's like, that's it. we're done, we did yeah. it. C- good job, everybody. So he's definitely on the, the soul is a material thing that's in a gland in your head. I met a guy who thought the same thing one time. <laughs> I ridden a taxi with What's, a guy who's like, look, it's the gland, it opens at five in the morning, and that's when you have to pray. And I was like, I did not know that. <laughs> that is new information. Okay. That's what happens um, when you share a taxi, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, do I think it's behind astrology? I can also feel that one. Too. Yeah, go for it. I mean, so definitely yes. when you get in, yes, the yeah, uh, definitely when you get into astrology, whether it's modern astrology uh, or ones that you would get from like the late Renaissance or the or the or so the early Renaissance or late Middle Ages, for sure, this idea of that you know the the cosmos made of certain materials and those materials are resonant in in the human person if you're born in a certain time of the year or under a certain star you are a certain temperament sanguine uh, choleric like these things are influenced by the motion of your own particular thing in the heavens definitely for sure um uh this kind that that circle theory or the theory with with um that there's some sort of connect connection between the material or immaterial soul and also what the universe is made of is for sure behind like in the thinking of astrology whether it's middle ages astrology i don't know if it's like the, the modern woo-woo stuff where they're trying to like you know sell you face cream but um <laughs> sell you face cream yeah. yeah haven't you gone on those uh I don't get those Instagram you don't get those no. I'm not on the TikTok. <laughs> no, I don't get yeah. those gram. Yeah. We should probably also repeat the question of the mic so that our oh, audience sure thing. can hear it. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the four elements? Or if, you, if you had to be made can up I of be one of the, the four, moving circle? Wait, no, we're repeating the question. If you want, had to be made yeah. up of one of the four elements, which one would you pick? It's got to be one of the four. I want to say fire. Like, isn't that the most fun of them? And isn't that, is that sanguine? You are the angriest on the Is that, yeah, thank you. Arr, I'm so mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, doesn't that sound like the most fun? And it's, yeah, it's like constantly th- emotion. Like, that seems good. I don't know. You, the guys who hang around fire are a lot freakier than the guys who like hang around the water. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Surf, surf make life the case forever, for water, I guess. That, yeah. That, they sound chill. Good. Okay. Kind of more of the beach bum thing. Is yeah. that what you're going for? I respect it. Graham, what do you got? I'll probably go with earth. <laughs> Why? That's not, that's not an option. That's the Bible one. Oh, yeah. That's because uh, yeah. you're holier than us. There you okay. go. Yeah. Yeah, deal. Okay. I like grow and I like plants. You do like plants? Good question. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just curious. Did, did they actually think that Okay, so you die, and we cut the person open, and we find a pile of dirt, or we find a pile of air, yeah. or we fire. I'm like, I'm just trying to 
to draw the connection between they're saying all these external things prove that there was an internal substance that was like it that comprised the soul. So if you dissected somebody after death, am I, I mean, am I t being too literal or? No, I don't think you're being too literal. My, I mean, this is, again, for people with PhDs who are listening and telling me I'm wrong, you're probably like, I'm probably getting this wrong. But my understanding was that yes, you, the reason we would stop functioning is because we lost the ability to take in more air molecules that would keep us running. Right, and if, if it was fire, then you die, and the fire kind of goes. It's these little tiny particles called motes, and they kind of, whoop, they so dissipate. So small you can't see them, and that's, that explains why nobody's ever observing any of this. Yes, and by the time you're dead, they're probably not in there anymore, right? Right. I can't breathe anymore, so I can't get more air in, so the air has all gone out, gotcha. right? So I can't open it up and find more air. I'm just not gonna find it. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I feel like that's a good spot to end. Cool. So uh, thanks for listening and watching, I guess, uh, Classical Stuff You Should Know. Uh, you can find us online at classicalstuff.net. You can find us on Twitter at classicalstuff, C-L-S-S-C-A-L stuff. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash classicalstuff. We're not going to do an in-between right now, are we? I feel we? like we probably should. We're probably oh, yeah, me. I don't know. I don't know. There also, it's not Twitter anymore. It's, isn't it like x.com? Well, that's the logo, but it's still Twitter, isn't it? Is he that? changing it? I think he's changing it Is the it name of the website changing? Is it it's x now? I, what, it, it, we're on Twitter. I don't know, whatever. Uh, the, the website formerly known as Twitter. Um, and what did I forget? Oh, email us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. But, yeah, thank you all for listening, and we will talk with you again soon. Bye. Bye.